Presenting The Wave by LA Top Team. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of The Wave, the most interesting show in real estate. On this episode, we had the pleasure of being joined by Evan of Honey Oil Co., which is one of the leading manufacturers of high-grade cannabis oil. Evan's a San Diego product, born and raised, and kind of came up in the off-road racing world, printing shirts and um, hustling whatever he could really get his hands on. Currently, he runs the company along with a tight group of individuals that help him produce mass amounts of this high-grade medical cannabis for distribution. Throughout this interview, we were sampling uh, all of his different product lines, and uh, it was awesome to sit there and try you know, the pinnacle of medical-grade cannabis with one of the companies and people leading the charge uh, in that realm. Understandably, we got a little bit off track a few times due to the effectiveness of the product, and uh, we were kind of jumping around. But we did get a ton of great stuff uh, down on, on the track, and a, t- a ton of great info was exchanged between us. So sit back, relax like we did, tune in, and uh, when you get a chance, make sure to check out Evan online, Honey Oil Co. Um, check him out on Instagram or Facebook, and from there, you can get in touch with him if you'd like. Listen up and let us know what you guys think, and we'll check in next time. Enjoy the episode, guys. Oh, it, it moves. It moves. Ah, there we yeah. go. Yes, yeah, excuse yes. us while we nerd out over these. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I love this shit, though. You know, it's like, I, oh, am I allowed to swear in all this? Or should I, like, mellow that no out? Rules. No rules. Okay, bro. I, I didn't know what was up. No rules at all, man. Um, no, the only thing real estate about this podcast is that I work in real estate. Yeah, other than that, it's no holds barred, really. There you go. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah give me the rundown. I don't even fully understand exactly. So so you're in real estate, but then mm-hmm. you do a show just Correct. on like other businesses? Yeah. And stuff. So let me tell you a little bit about, uh, since you asked a little about myself, I flip houses all around LA. I've been doing it for the past three years. Had a passion for podcasting. Wanted to start my own. Wanted to figure out how I could incorporate it into real estate. Right. Um, there's dozens of real estate podcasts out there, but they're all very instructional um, kind of thick, not very entertaining, and always jamming something down your throat. So I said, I want to do an entrepreneurial podcast. Um, but then I thought, how does that relate to real estate? It doesn't. Yeah. So I said, uh, oh, I'm going to make a real estate podcast, but I don't want to teach people. I just want to entertain people that are interested in real estate. Um, so I, I got the show, and it's our, our handle's Real Estate Show. But like I said, the only thing real estate about it is that I'm in real estate. I'm have a lot of other interests, MMA, cannabis, uh, activism, just a whole bunch of stuff that I like, you know, so I don't, I don't really put rules on the show or what it is, it's just gives real estate professionals an opportunity to know a little bit more about me, see that I'm real, and um, yeah, hopefully bring more opportunity from that. Yeah, and just be a passion project for me. Well, the interesting thing about that actually is that a lot of people I meet in my industry, the cannabis industry, are from real estate. And the thing about real estate is you don't have to be a certain type of person to be in real estate. It's it's kind of like everybody can be in real estate. So it's like you meet someone that's in real estate and they're going to have their hand in a lot of other things too. So I think anybody that's listening to your podcast that's into real estate, they're going to be interested in what's going on in other areas too. So, And that's, I mean, and that's really the goal is give them an opportunity to, I just left work. I don't want to hear more about, you know, hardcore real estate. Right. But hearing somebody that, you know, I know what they're about, maybe talk about something interesting, I'm in. I'm on board for that. So mm. that was kind of the, 
the thought there. Yep. How about you? Do you like podcasts? Do you listen to any? Um, I was listening to one on the way up here, actually. I was listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast. Dope. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of different stuff on branding Shout out, and Tim. marketing. We love you. I know you're going to find this someday. And when you do, <laughs> we fucking love you, dog. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, I like listening to stuff that teaches you something. You know, it's I'm either listening to music or podcasts. So that was a good one. A little two and a half hour drive. Just kind of vibing out. Sometimes I don't even fully listen to him it's kind of just in the background but you pick that up you know right. he was talking about branding and i was just kind of hearing in the back of my head you know maybe it's sinking in subconsciously or mm -hmm. something but yeah podcasting like is taking off man so you drove up from san diego then yes dude thank you so much for making the trip up yeah no worries man um so tell me a little bit about the company you guys are san diego based company yeah we're san diego based you know born and raised there myself and the company essentially mm -hmm. um you know we tag a lot of things on the packaging san diego grown and that's not just saying that we grow the cannabis in San Diego, but you know, the brand is grown out of San Diego. We have that San Diego vibe, West Coast vibe, kind of, you know, you know how it is here in California. It's like, it's a style in Super its own. Like, so. I mean, that's kind of the vibe we're going for with the podcast. I was trying to figure out how can we make it Cali relaxed, you know exactly. what I mean? And you can still be relaxed and, and be serious about it you know it well that's what california's good at is we just work all year round but we're still having fun you know i yeah. mean and and i think that's why i mean number one we're a giant economy in our own over here number two everybody here loves cannabis already it's like we're gonna be booming so fast and, and super liberal super liberal. so if you don't love it at least you're accepting of it exactly you know? exactly so, yeah man i hear you there that's cool you're growing a brand off that image and that sort of feel yep i feel it so Born and raised San Diego, still live there. Yeah, where at? Uh, North County. So I'm in Carlsbad right now. Grew cool. up in Encinitas. Uh, the brand is kind of all over San Diego. You know, I mean, San Diego is a big place, but definitely more of a North County vibe. It's a little bit more mellow up there. It's not quite downtown. Not quite PB. You know, not East County. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like uh, it's a whole. Different, it's a little bit more professional, uh, higher end vibe. I'd say. So that's kind of where we grew it out of. We got a good clientele out of there. And I think when people hear that we're from that area, they're kind of like, okay, this is a good brand, you know, good mm -hmm. people, good area, like putting out a good product. So homey vibes, like a yeah, homie. yeah. And we try and carry that through in, in our marketing and branding, and you know, online and the packaging and all that. How old are you? Thirty. Thirty. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, how did you kind of get started using cannabis? I mean, growing up in San Diego, you're surrounded yeah. by it. You know, Just I grew California up. Vibe. Yeah, I grew up skateboarding uh, for years and years and years, and everybody smokes in that little area, niche, that yeah. little niche. Yeah, so I just kind of grew up smoking with the boys, and you know, always kind of had something going on the side in one way or another. And uh, that was my next question. That kind of tied in. So your childhood, your skater, a little skate punk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Eating pretty top much. Ramen, drinking Dr Pepper. More, more like California burritos every day. Yeah. But yeah, you know, and some Mountain Dew maybe. Cool, man. What, so you went from obviously having it be a part of your culture and the skate culture. At what point did you say, hey, you know, I think this might be something that can catch on or something that, you know, I, I want to do for career, for money and all that? So that actually took a while. Uh, but like I said, I kind of always had something going on on the side. Like I've always enjoyed high quality cannabis. I didn't really like paying for it. So I'd always buy a bunch, right. get my own and kind of get the rest off to everybody else. But it was always a side hustle. You know, I was always had my other businesses or real jobs or whatever. And it was just on the side. Uh, I didn't decide to go full kill with cannabis until early 2016 when things were gearing up right before the election and people were voting on, on, you know, yes or no on Prop 64. And when it looked like everything was going that way, I just said, fuck it. 
I said, let's get in on this before it's too late. Right. It's always been on the side, never gone full kill with it. You know, let's let's put 150% effort towards this and see what happens. So when you did that at that time, and, and it still kind of is a slightly alternative uh, lifestyle and, and choice for work, what were the social implications? Let's say with your friends and all that, I'm sure that wasn't that big, but family, what were the family implications? Saying, um, mom, pop, if, I mean, if they're around, I don't know too much about you, but yeah. having that talk and saying, hey, this I mean, my dad's always been cool about it. My mom wasn't super cool about it when we were younger, but, uh, you know, she came around. It's not a big deal anymore. She's She voted yes for Prop 64, and right. she doesn't even smoke. You know, she's just so tired of the bullshit. No, not a big deal. I'd say the only difference was, I think everybody always kind of knew that I smoked, kind of did stuff here and there, but it was kind of like kept kept it kind of subtle mm-hmm. once we went for it i kind of put a couple posts up on everything and said this is what we're doing we're going full kill if you want to be a part of it hit me up and i figured whatever maybe i lose a couple friends over it because they're anti but whatever i don't know i don't think i even did so everybody you chose your path at that point yeah so. and everybody said man you should have been doing this a long time ago and i agree because this is the most successful business i've had so far and it just makes me wish i started it 10 years ago instead of keeping it on the side and i just would have well, I was going to ask, when in. it was on the side, what was the main hustle? Like, the main, you, okay, so the main hustle wage. for me, no, it was a clothing company that I started right out of high school. Dope. So I started a clothing company called 4130 Clothing. It was an off-road based clothing brand. Um, and speaking of skating from before, what happened is I grew up skateboarding. And in the skateboard industry, there's tons of clothing brands. And it's really art-based. There's a lot of creative stuff, whether it's the artwork on the skate decks, on the shirts, the stickers. It's like... You know, it's, it's very heavily art-based. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the off-road industry, I got into off-roading, dirt biking, racing cars and trucks out in the desert. And there really wasn't any apparel that represented what we were doing in that sport. So I kind of melded the two ideas together. Let's, you know, kind of create almost a skate brand, but for off-roaders. Okay. And we basically just took cool pictures of trucks and different desert scenes and put them on shirts and it took off. So that's what I was doing from about, I think I was like 19 until 25, 26. Pretty good while. Um, so entrepreneur from the start. Yeah, yeah, straight out of high school. I was like, let's, let's, go, let's go do it, you know. Um, but during that time, yeah, there, there was a side hustle. I mean, I was growing, I was moving, we were supplying dispensaries. I mean, a lot of that money actually kept the clothing company going. Right. There was, there was times where, fuck, we would get in some trouble, man. We bought too much inventory, couldn't move it. You know, machines would break, just issues would come up, and, you know, it was cannabis to the fucking rescue. Right. Like, yeah, so no. many times, I can't even tell you. So, so it was a legit side hustle. Save yeah. the ass, yeah. Yeah. And it was legal, too. I mean, it was patient-to-patient sales. We all had our med cards. That's, I was, what, I, that's what I was going to ask. So, obviously, now it's a, an oil-based company, an yeah. extract-based company. Were you extracting at that point? When did you no, start extracting? No, that was all flour back then. Okay. That was just packs of Blue Dream going out the door, you know? Cool. Um, but these days, yeah, I really don't mess with any flour. It's There's a lot more variables to it. There's a lot more that go wrong. takes up a lot more space. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, $50,000 worth of flour is a lot bigger than $50,000 worth of oil. I can fit that in a big mason jar. And you got to keep the flour fresh. True. You know? Exactly. It's, it's a whole different yep. sort of play there. Okay. Yes. So at what, point, at what point did you guys start with the extracts? Uh, that would have been last year. Okay. We started, we started experimenting kind of personally just on the side with our, with our own tools and our own mixes, uh, around July or something like that. And 
took us six months to figure everything out. So you got your own canisters and we're just working on blasting oh, yourself. Yeah. yeah, we were we were on, on Alibaba, sourcing all these different mm-hmm. cartridges, trying a million different types, wasting a bunch of money, and just throwing oil down the drain. I mean, I can't even tell you. Did you almost back out of the oil and stick to flour? Or were you no, like, we've got no, to figure this con- out. No, because we knew concentrates are where it's at. Yeah. I mean, just from my own social circles and from looking at the statistics online. It's, right, it's of, crazy. of states where it was already legal. Yep, Colorado, Same. Washington, okay. Oregon. Even in California, they had stats on California right. medicinally. And so. the new users that are like that the industry is acquiring are preferring this style of consumption. Yeah, um, I think the biggest factor behind it is convenience. I mean, right. that's what we're seeing. If you look at the reports from, uh, uh, you know, different cannabis agencies that share the sales from, uh, I think, like, we're part of the NCIA, the National Cannabis Institution. I don't know what it is, NCIA. Look it up. But uh, they, they supply us with these numbers every month. And, you know, flowers number one, for sure, in every state. But concentrates are number two. And the biggest piece of concentrates is vape pens. Mm-hmm. And, and behind Which is that, what we're just using right here for everybody that... Most of our listeners, I don't think, are going to be super, super abreast on this. So if we explain it, no worries uh, there. So these are the vape pens that he's talking about. This is the sort of consumption that we're referring to. Yeah, it's basically an electric joint. You know, there's no fire. There's no ash. There's no plant material. It's all contained within a closed cartridge, and you can travel around with it and use it when you want, turn it off when you don't. You don't got to burn the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell a lot of people, too. Oh, it's so strong. Well, you only got to take one hit. Mm-hmm. You don't got to light it and feel bad about wasting it. You right. Know, you can take a tiny rip. You can take a fat rip. So right? in short, basically, technology has made it so that the only thing in this canister, this clear little canister, is psychoactive or non-psychoactive Correct. marijuana. Yeah, depending so on the on the concentrate. I mean, the one you're holding is a THC concentrate. The one on the table is a CBD, so you can kind of cater it towards what every patient would need. Right. Now, when you said that there's sort of less variables, I know who counts those variables, the laboratory, but explain um, what keeps this consistent and why people are able to rely on the consistency that you guys put out. Right. So for us personally, um, we do source this oil. We work with several extractors that we trust. And before we put anything in a cartridge, it all gets tested. So we work with a company called SC Laboratories. Mm-hmm. They're here in California. They're very well known. Um, every time we get a batch of oil, we send it out for testing. Depending on the results that come back, we test for potency, uh, residual solvents, and pesticides. Solvents and potency are pretty easy. It's really easy to make strong oil these days. It's really easy to get the solvents out. Pesticides can be a bitch because can't that. yeah, you can't. Well, the problem is you can't really take them out. I mean, people are working on figuring out how to remove the pesticides, but you got to think when you get material, you know, plant material to make this oil with, if it's tainted with pesticides, and then you, you know, you run that material through a distillation plant and you concentrate all the THC, those pesticides are getting concentrated as well right the molecules come off the same way the thc molecules do make their way through the filtration exactly and make their way into the yeah and a lot of these pesticides are systemic which means they are inside the plant they have Mm -hmm. grown into uh the plant stalks and stems and cell walls and everything so getting that out is almost impossible it's not a bug yeah, it's no, in it. no, you it's can't genetics. really remove it. So really, you either get good oil or you don't. Right. And then that comes down to either the company making it or the company like mine that's sourcing it and their standards behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that put out dirty oil and put out, 
you know, false test results, but we don't do that. We spend thousands with SC Labs just to make sure, going back and forth way more times than I'd ever like to, honestly. Mm -hmm. But if it comes back and it's too high, we can't run it. You can't, right? right? Just because the the brand is more important than exactly than the batch. And we pay a lot more for our oil too. That's a hard thing for people to understand. Sometimes I'm telling them the prices. Um, you know, whether it's on our retail ready products or sometimes we sell some bulk and they're like, oh, you know, I can I can get this for ten and we're up at sixteen, eighteen, whatever. Why? Well, because we spent the time looking for this. We sent mm -hmm. back three other batches. We tested this stuff three times to make sure it's good. You know, right. there's more than just the cost of oil there. We put a lot of work into making sure it is quality and consistent and something that people are going to be safe using. When the lab that tests it is the preeminent lab for the country right in the world for testing i don't think no i think in california just california i'm pretty sure they're only in california okay. and so at least well you known. get to see your results in comparison to the rest of you know california oh yeah so well we're the biggest cannabis market anyways so right it's pretty pretty uh it's a pretty good uh resource to be able to compare your stuff to other people they're working with how much involvement so obviously you've well, i don't know obviously have you strayed completely away from flour with honey oil yeah, yeah. Okay. Honey oil doesn't really do any flour at all. We get requests. We're considering doing some pre-packaged premium eighths. Okay. Convenience factor, once right. again. Branding factor. Uh, but as far as growing flour in bulk, breaking it down, selling it by the pound of the dispensaries, we're just going to leave that to the growers. Right. So when you're choosing your oil to source, are you choosing it in flour form or are you choosing it post-flour form? Both. Okay. Um, we prefer to source the trim and send it to our extractor. It's not always available, you know, depending on the season or, you know, how busy they are, if they got cleared out or if they had issues. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll pick it up finished sometimes. Okay. It really doesn't matter because when we buy the oil, it is in raw format. You right. Know, all well, I, I was just asking because I didn't know if, like, you were starting it from seed to flower or cut ah, to flower not or yet. whatever. That is the goal. That'd be the goal? That's the goal, yeah. Complete vertical integration would be ideal to control every aspect of the business from from seed to sale, like you were saying, you know? Um, it, right now, I think in the meantime, we kind of got to take some baby steps. We're doing all the mixing and production and formulation and branding and marketing and packaging and sales. But as far as the original production, you know, the growing and the extraction, we're not doing that yet. Right. We want to be, and we're just kind of working our way towards that. Um, but it's a two-man team right now? Uh, it's about a four-man. Four-man team. Four-man with a bunch of independent contractors revolving around us. So. Sales reps. Mm -hmm. A lot of sales, sales reps, reps out there. graphic design, web programmers, okay. uh, accountants, lawyers, stuff like that. Just people when we need them, you know? Cool. So you and your partner, did you start it with your partner? Um, I started it, kind of, well, yeah, I guess you could say I did. Um, I had my partner on with me from a previous business that didn't really work out and he kind of just carried on over with me. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Who, when switching to oil is your, from flower to oil is your target consumer, obviously future minded and thinking it's going to be the people who adopt cannabis as legislation changes. Is that why you did it? What do you mean exactly? With the foresight. Were you thinking, we're going oil because all the old grannies who are going to be picking up weed are going to be doing oil in 2019? Mm, no. The reason I actually went with oil, although that is true, I that do think that's the way. That was a long way, way to say way. that. I'm sorry, dude. That's that was, all good. I confused the shit out of myself. Man. <laughs> it's the pens, man. Yeah, it, seriously. It just sometimes. Um, yeah, it was more of the fact that I was running an e-liquid company, and I had learned a lot about vaporizing technology. And then I still had the love for cannabis on the side, and I saw things that were missing 
on the cannabis vaping side of things and I saw technology and other things I'd learned from the e-liquid side of things I could bring over. So e-liquid is just electronic cigarettes. E-liquid is like nicotine liquid. When you right. see everybody, right. the giant puff. Clouds. So they're both vapes, you know, they're both vaporizers, but an e-liquid vaporizer is much different than uh, a concentrated oil vaporizer. They're just two different. It's a vegetable glycerin base, right? Yeah, e-liquid is v- yeah vegetable glycerin, propylene glycol, you know, very fruity flavorings, and your liquid nicotine. Whereas on the other side with oil, it's just strictly oil, maybe some terpenes and flavorings, right. you know. So it's a different type of atomizer inside, different type of technology. And do you stay away from the VG? Um, and yeah, we don't use VG, PG, PEG, any of those types of emulsifiers. And those are all, those are all just additives for everybody listening. Those are just additives to the natural Exactly. And they used to be used a lot because the hardware wasn't good enough to be able to vaporize a very thick, pure oil. So people had to add PG and VG, uh, or polyethylene glycol, whatever you have to, to make it flow. Right. Well, I don't want to throw any other brands under the bus, but that's what this company does and I wondered for the longest what was going on because it's the most runny liquid and it tastes good but it kind of was biting my throat and I'm like what the hell yeah, is going on? Yeah if you get on? a throat bite it's probably cut with propylene glycol because that's, that's what, what, what we out. use in the e-liquid industry to give you that throat hit. That a cigarette nicotine yeah. grab. Yeah. See that makes so much sense that makes so much sense now. Yeah personally I don't have a problem with that stuff being used in the oil as long as it's stated. Right. The problem that I have is when people are saying, oh, pure 100% cannabis oil, and you look at it, and it's just like this Running. liquidy, runny stuff in there. That's not pure cannabis oil, you know? Right. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, there's so many ways to do it. And uh, getting back to it, we brought the technology from the e-liquid industry into the cannabis industry. A lot of people don't know what they're doing. They can make the oil. They don't know how to get the right hardware. Correct. I knew what we were looking for. I see. And I've spent hours and hours and days and days, nights up till 3 a.m., 4 a.m. with China, just Skyping back and forth, you know. Because you've seen every battery type there is. Yeah. I mean, I worked on a little higher level in the e-liquid industry, and I'm looking at the canvas. I'm like, why have these guys not caught up yet? Right. They're like three, four years behind. And But I will say it's moving quicker. Um, When we started last year in 2016 doing research, there was a lot of wick-based cartridges. They have a wicking material, fiberglass. um, So these have no wick in them? No wick, 100% ceramic. The coil is embedded. That's the wick you're talking about. Yeah, you can literally see the wick in this one. Yeah. Um, But yeah, ours are 100% ceramic heating elements. The coil, the metal coil is embedded in the ceramic, so no metal ever touches the oil. There's no wicking material to ever burn. So that thing can go dry and it's just going to stop working. Right. It's not going to burn, continue to burn the uh, the coil and the wick and whatever and just give you some nasty smoke or vapor. It would just be ceramic throwing off heat and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. It would stop vaping essentially. You'd be like, okay, you know, time to fill it back up. Yeah. And you so can these fill canis- these back up. I was just going to ask. Yep. Disposable or refillable? Technic, I mean... They are refillable. We don't heavily market them as such, um, but you know, for those who want to really kind of nerd out on it, they can take them apart completely. If you want, yeah. Uh, strip them down, soak them in some iso alcohol, let everything melt out, and and then give them a rinse, dry them off, and start again. If they want, but mm-hmm. then but then you're not getting the quality of oil that you guys provide in it initially at that. Yeah, point, potentially. It's on them. Although they could. Uh, they could buy something like this. If you pop that open, there's a syringe full. The bottom pulls out from. Okay, I was going to say, I don't want to. Oh, yeah, no, it's all good. So that is a syringe full of oil that you could then. Oh, yeah, I have them right there, too. But, yeah, you could fill up the cartridge. Cool. Um, it's just something you can do. It's We prefer that they <laughs> buy a new one, obviously. Right, but right. 
I like to be able to give them the option. I don't want to pigeonhole them and make them feel like they're using an Apple product or something where this cord doesn't work with the other one. You got to buy a special dongle or whatever. It's like you can fill the bitch up if you want and throw it on any battery. Yeah, I dig it. Now, a lot of I feel like a lot of people don't understand the competitiveness of this because it might be underground and they don't see it. But I've been around it since since I was young. Um, and obviously on a legal front, just being a legal patient since 2008, I see how competitive it is out there. Who sort of runs that marketing side and says, you know, this is going to be our play. This is going to be kind of our niche. For our company? Yeah. Uh, that's me. Cool. Yeah, I drive the brand. I, I kind of build the feel to it. I, I, I feel like that's what I really enjoy doing. That's what I did with my clothing company before. It's like identify something that people like, build something cool around it, and people will flock to it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I really take care of most of the branding, the feel for it. I kind of just base it off what I see in the industry. You know, I see that people... They like smoking weed and they like getting high and it makes them feel good and they have fun and they feel cool about it. So give them some cool products to use doing that. Right. And I like that you're transparent. You know, you're saying like, hey, we're a local homegrown company and everything that we use, we want you to see it. You know, like if you want in, we'll show you everything that we're using. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's awesome. So you're the driver of the brand. And like I said, that gets overlooked a lot. Everyone's like, oh, stoners or oh, drug dealers or oh, um, things like that they don't realize like no these are businessmen they understand how to how to supply demand they understand how to keep stock they, they understand all of that shit you yeah know you I mean? have to when i say they i mean people operating in the cannabis industry sure yeah i think that's definitely a common misconception um but you know there's kind of a bit of both there's a lot of people in the industry that do know what they're doing they have previous experience in other companies like myself a whole lot more than me a lot of the times uh, but then there's plenty of people who really don't know what they're doing. Maybe they can grow weed or make some oil, but that, it stops there. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to you know, do sales calls, maintain communications. Uh, they, they don't know how to do the graphic design, set up the packaging. You know, the but all that chain. stuff you're talking about, take out weed, put in t-shirts. You'd been doing it. And that's why this is working. Right, because you understood that it's not just one part. It's you got to do this and this exactly. and this and this. And, and this. That, I think it's a culmination of like all my previous business ventures and then coming to this. And, you know, this is something I really know. I'm really passionate about. I fully understand. People trust my authority in it. They listen to me because I know what I'm talking about at this point. I feel like a professional in the industry. And it's just like... I don't know, man. It's crazy. I, I should have gone for it a long time ago. <laughs> we all say we should have, you know what I mean? But at least you're there now. And, and, and the reason you're honest, cause this show is supposed to be for people that, you know, take the leap, people that walk on the edge. So the fact that you've done it and said, fuck it, it doesn't matter when you did it. Yeah. I, I hope that inspires it, somebody you know? then to, cause I was very hesitant. I, I knew this was the industry. Mm -hmm. It was always good to me. There was nothing ever wrong with it. And in my mind it was fine, but there was the stigma and you know, I didn't want to like, I don't know, just end up in a spot You didn't spot want to where, label yourself Yeah, like I didn't that. want to be stuck in cannabis uh, in, until it was like fully legit, but I just wish that I had not given a fuck about all that mm -hmm. and pushed forward heavier than I did while everybody else was and just rolled the dice, but whatever, man. Yeah, no, no biggie. <laughs> Shit, like I said, at least, you, at least you did it. There's a lot of people that say that for their entire lives. It's true. You know what I mean? 10 years ago, I should have 20 or 30, 40 feet. Fuck, it turns into I never did it. You yeah, know? yeah, I can't say I'm guilty of that, but... Uh, Man, I mean, do you still skate? 
Not as much as I'd like to. And when I do, I'm kind of just cruising, you know? It's like uh -huh. I'll go skate the boardwalk or skate around the neighborhood. I don't really hit the ramps or anything. Right. Uh, although I wouldn't mind having a mini ramp in our shop, you know, when we upgrade a bit. You make the rules, bro. You oh, can do yeah. what you We're want. We're getting a mini ramp. You know? I'm building a spine ramp in That's there. Right. And we're going to skate it all the time. So... A vert skater, street skater? Yeah, I did skate more tranny. Okay. But I, I really liked mini ramps, you know? We had these four foot, and I grew up in Encinitas, so there was the Encinitas YMCA there. Yeah. A lot super of professionals. World famous. Yeah. world famous. World famous. Tons of professional Huge skaters super grew pipe. up Tony skating Hawk. there. Oh, yeah. Tony Hawk, Sean White, Sheckler, all those Everybody, guys that, yeah. you, you know, you always hear about. They always skate there. Um, a lot of money yeah. in skateboarding right now. Yeah, that blew a up. A lot of money in Real skateboarding, big. man. Real big. I was uh, so I followed the kid Nigel Houston. Yeah, he's not really a kid anymore, but nah. we used to watch him as a Dude's kid. Killing it now. He's got like R8s, Ferraris, Mansion, quite Laguna, the collection. And it's like, damn, all that money's in skating, huh? Mm -hmm. And then you see Sheckler taking out. He's obviously a very uh, smart business guy who's been able to parlay it into some other things. But goddamn, there's money in skateboarding right now. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit! I think a lot of that had to do with Deer Dick. You know, with that whole show and, and, and Street League and all that. And that's something I still pay attention to. You know, I still probably pull a lot of my branding and marketing influence from the skate industry. I follow all those companies on Instagram. I still watch the videos. Like, Are you advertising to them? You, uh, not currently, no, but I plan to. Out of that Here's market. how I'm going to do it, though. So I've seen some companies fuck this up before. Like, it'll be like a vape company, and they try and start a skate team. Their own fucking skate team. You're a vape company, bro. Like, what do you offer these kids? Yeah, like you, you, it, it's it's not the right fit. So so the way that we're gonna do it is we're just gonna sponsor the right people, because everybody loves weed, you know. Ev fuck, every you can sponsor anybody with weed, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, when we're ready and we kind of have a bit more of a budget, and I feel like we can really support these people in the industry the way that I want to be able to do it. We're going to sponsor the right people in the skate industry. We're going to get them in, you know, sponsor the right people in the moto industry, the surf industry, all the action sports. Jiu-jitsu. Sure. Why not? I mean, I don't know if they're big on smoking weed in jiu-jitsu, but I Huge. bet the CBD would help. Huge. Oh, yeah? Huge. All right. Well, where isn't weed big? We'll talk know. about We'll talk about Good that Good to know. More. Yeah. See, so I'm big in jiu-jitsu. That. That's one of my pastimes. That's yeah. the only reason I know um, big, big vape companies are sponsoring pay-per-view events, um, sponsoring vape? fighting. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to look yeah. at that. Yeah, dude. I'll... Uh, I'll tell you when I know you recognize them right off the bat. You know all your competitors. But yeah, man, that, that's that been awesome that you take your influence from skating and that ideally you're going to be able to find your way back into it. Because I think a lot of skaters are becoming more health conscious now. Like you're seeing like more of a, like I think there used to be like um like a, like a skate rat appeal to it, you know. And now I feel like people are like wearing nicer clothes when they skate, eating nicer food to take care of their bodies stretching so that they can do it for a while True. you know what i'm saying a little more clean cut a little more professional yeah it is moving that way you definitely still have your skate rat crews i mean that i think skate rats drive the skate industry honestly because anybody that skates was a skate rat at one point you know right um but yeah i mean whether it's getting back to skating for me it's it's just it's all in the branding i love the branding and the marketing i like creating a brand you mm -hmm. know so and that's something we're going to do too we're not just vape pens we're not going to be just oil or whatever like we're going to do shirts we're going to do hats we're going to do you know artwork and posters and all sorts of accessories smoking accessories mm -hmm. like whatever you can think of that will drive the brand beyond a cannabis product like we're going to make right because that's stuff we can sell outside of dispensaries too mm -hmm. sell it online sell it in smoke shops i mean i just saw a big company 
out of Los Angeles actually get into Zoomies. That was the Jungle Boys and the Cookies I collab. S- I saw the Jungle Boys um, billboard coming into LA. Yeah. I always wondered what it was, and it said Urban Farms. And I said, They're and a the, massive grower out yeah. of Los Angeles. It was a macro shot of a nug. It yep. was like, yep. it was just like a purpley, like. Oh, yeah, just nice and resinous. Oh, yeah. man. I don't know how long that's going to last because I'm pretty sure when the laws kick in, they're going to limit the types of advertising that can be done like they did in Colorado. But I've seen those billboards, too, and it's fucking awesome. I was super let down in Colorado, man. Like when I went um, being a patient here for so many years, going there and experiencing recreational recreational over the counter cannabis was like a letdown. Really? The way the edibles come, the quality. That shit's annoying. Ten The lines, um, all of it to me, I was just kind of like, damn. Like, it was cool. It was cool that other people can experience it. But I was just like, damn, this is kind of like bunk weed. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, the Colorado Crunch. I mean, so, so it's known. That's like oh, a thing. Oh, yeah. It's because Fuck. of the climate there. You know, it's it's it's, uh, it's a lot drier. You're at a higher elevation. You know, you don't have that California weather. And, I mean, it, it's not bad. But, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff's coming to California, too. I just read something. That's what I was going to ask yesterday, you. Yesterday. And there, I believe the limits on edibles will be... 10 milligrams per piece and you can only have up to 100 milligrams per package 10 pieces so you can have 10 10 milligram pieces so there goes your 500 milligram candy bars yeah and i'm sure we all know people that'll just pop 500 like for for breakfast literally to get started not me i'll turn into a zombie for three days yeah yeah not me either that would knock me out but it's just annoying it's like i don't know why make these rules yeah well, because they, it, they, the people in charge, still got to have some power over it, you know? That's true. That's true. They can't give us everything. I'm sure there's a lot of people trying to stop them. So it's like, hey, at least we're getting this for now. and Maybe it'll change in the future. Yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. Regulations are heavy. They're no joke. There's more taxes coming. There's all sorts of rules and things that we have to follow and apply for, and it's not What's be been the easy. most pivotal relationship um, for you and your success in, like, an alternative industry? Was, would you say, like, attorney, partner? Um Right business partner, proper attorney, contractual. I mean, you've been in it for a few years now, you know, and nobody could do it alone. Yeah, I was just, and that's what I was going to say. I think the the biggest thing that that's helped out Honey Oil in general is just the help that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, my partner. I don't know if he wants me saying his name or whatever on this, but you know, my main partner. He he's been by my side the whole time and he's grown with me and it's like whatever we need to do he takes half and then we start picking up these other people you know i got this girl that does our packaging and she just crushes it all day long and i got this guy running our deliveries and it's like sometimes i sit there i'm like why are these guys doing this i mean obviously we're giving them money but at the same time it's you know they could get money anywhere right why are they doing it for us and and i look at it, it's like they like what we're doing they believe in the brand they like the style they they you know they support the products they use the products we're not selling shit here right there's a lot of companies that sell shit this is the furthest thing from shit so it's like everybody that's involved is the most pivotal thing i think the team is what it is because there's so much going on like i try and do it all myself i'm that type of person i Mm want to do every single little piece you know i want to know how it works i want to be on top of it i don't want to let anything fall through the cracks but you gotta have the team man so you know my packager my delivery person my my formulator it's like we need graphic designers we need i did that i did that the other day so that feeling that you're talking about of when you look back and you say why is this person helping me I did that with Kate. I was like, my shit is so out of order. Why am I even being helped yeah, right why now? Why is she helping me? This Literally, is, yeah. I, was, I was thinking that. But uh, it's, it's a good feeling because then you're like, okay, well, 
something must be moving in the right direction here. You yeah. know what I mean? Because people don't help you unless they unless they believe in it and Yeah. I mean not to you know, not to say everybody's in it for themselves, but they're only gonna help if they see something in it for them as well. You know, right. they wanna grow with you, they wanna earn this position, they wanna do this cool thing or, or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like so yeah, when you have a company and people start latching on as they are with your stuff and my stuff, I think that's when you know right, yeah. that you, you're working on a hit. You yeah, know, like buy-in from people you respect is like a great feeling. It's exactly. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the plans with Honey Oil, the actual brand. Obviously, it's getting some legs. You have some people that are buying in and, and helping out and people that are seeing the vision. So right now, you're a San Diego-based company. What's the plan to kind of expand and, and grow and, and all that? Right. So, yeah, we're, we're running heavily out of San Diego right now. We're just kind of trying to lock everything down in that county, which is large in itself, and then just spreading from there, you know. I, I was kind of holding sales reps off for a while because we couldn't, uh, we couldn't uh, manage the production. If they start bringing in shitloads of sales, it's like, I'm, I'm not even ready for it. Right. So I kind of held back on that, but now we've stocked more inventory and I'm starting to kind of place key reps in different places. You know, we got Donnie up here in LA. She's going to be doing that whole, that whole area. I've got Is that a your lady. Friend Kate? Cool. Yeah, it's Kate's friend. I've got a lady out in the Inland Empire that's doing sales for us. I got a guy down in San Diego. We got a guy in Orange County. And I think we're just, once again, these are people that believe in the company. These are people that came to us. Some of them we knew, some of them we didn't. But they see what we're doing with honey oil. They like the product. They know they can sell it. Fuck, they know they can make money with it. So they're coming to us and saying, what can we do? And we just set them up with a little salesman kit like this right here. You know, give them the information, catalog, price guide, educate them a bit, do some phone calls, whatever, Mm -hmm. and send them on their way. And their goal is to link up with dispensaries that have all the paperwork in order and say, look, this is our product. This is why it's better than what you have or something that you don't have yet. And this is how we can help you out. Exactly. Create a relationship. So, yeah, and... they go in there, they demo the product, they explain cool. it, they break down the pricing. Um, and and if they lock down an order, it stops right there for them. And that's mm-hmm. something that I wanted to do for my team was a lot of these companies in the cannabis industry, they'll make team members do everything, especially salespeople. You got to make the sale. You got to come pick up the sale. You got to go drop off the sale. You got to get the money. It's like you're running around. How are you going to do sales? Mm-hmm. So we have it set up to where my my outside sales reps that I'm describing, all they do is go to shop, show the product, lock it down, and then send it to us. That goes to an account manager. The manager plugs it into the system. He then reaches out to the account that placed the order, confirms that, confirms the delivery. And you got it, systems in place for this Yeah, shit. yeah. I mean, we're a small company, but it's like these systems are happening naturally. You know, we, we identify the, the, you know, the choking point, mm-hmm. which at one point was delivery and sales. You know, we were all doing too much. And I was like, how do we fix this? And I thought about the three different sections. You have the sale, you have the management, you have the delivery. And we broke it into those three sections with three people. And it just flows smoothly now. And it's been going pretty well. And anytime I talk to a new salesman that hits me up, they're like, so how do I do this? Like, how do I get the product and drop it off? I'm like, you don't. Get like, the sale. What do you mean? Give I'm like, me. you go to the next store and you make another sale. Yeah. That's it. You do sales. Yeah. So, I and, dig it. And they hear that. They're like, no way. And these guys are coming from bigger companies. I've swooped some people already. Mm-hmm. And they're coming on board really soon, like in the next week or two. And they're like, yeah, our company did not do it that way. Like, they cool. left it all up to us. Well, best of luck with that. I hope it takes off. Yeah. Thank Why don't you. you give me a little rundown of the, the sales pack? What it, what comes in it and, and sort of the spiel that they would give somebody? I mean, if we were to go out to a store and bring out this little sales pack, I mean, it's nothing. 
we just basically do a little rundown, right? So we, we pull it out, and the first thing I would explain is the vapes themselves. I always put one in their hand. I let them hold it, you know, because that right there, they're doing a lot of crappy little plastic products. Right, yeah, no, this is quality. It's all stainless steel, Pyrex, glass, ceramic, right? So I kind of give them the rundown, show them how it works, you know. Are you familiar with, with these batteries? Oh, was it three, three punch, five uh, punch? Three clicks to change the uh, power. Right, ooh. Yes, yeah, so we have three power settings, and then if you do two clicks, it'll go into a preheat mode. And that's pretty good because with this thick that's oil, dope. it'll warm it up. And then so after 10 or 12 seconds, it's preheated. Oh, dope. And then you can take a rip and it's just ready to go. And for those vape pen users, that avoids the one second warm up, one second exactly. warm up. Exactly. Yeah, you don't have you to can pulse your it anymore. Monster like, rip. Yep, yep. So, Dude, so two clicks and it's... Two clicks and you're preheating. Oh, I dig it. And it preheats in the mode that you're set on. Yes. Red, blue, or... Yeah, white. yeah, it's not going to change. The only way to change it is with three clicks. And you can stop the preheat anytime, too, with a click. So when it's preheated, you still got to hit the button to hit it, huh? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, because you got to hold the button down to hit it. I dig, man. It puts it at the perfect temp. You can see these things rip like a motherfucker, too. You normally don't get pens that do that. No, you don't. Okay, so you put this in their hand, say, look, this is how it works. And they'll say, okay, dope. Then you... I don't. I, what is this? They're just different. You got sativa indica flavors, right? So we have <coughs> one of each strain type, sativa, hybrid, and our indica, which you're holding. So this is above a Kush. This is a Blue Dream. Uh, this is a sour diesel. Cool. We also have the raw distillate, which has no terpenes added whatsoever. So this is flavorless. There's no smell. It's super discreet. It's a very level-headed high. It's not up or down. Hmm. So these are kind of our four main ones that we started with. And then recently, uh, we just released these two fruit flavors right here, which are all natural fruit flavorings. No terpenes, no cannabis taste whatsoever. We were getting demand for fruits. We didn't really make them. And now that we released them, we can't keep them in stock. Mm. So I guess that was true. And so we kind of, you know, we let them... Try those. Try. Do you like the fruits? Do you like the strains? The lime was super tasty. That's what I was on when you first walked in. That was great. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people say it tastes like a margarita. Yeah, actually, it did. It's kind of a candy lime. The, the yeah. fruits we do are more candyish. Uh, they they kind of have that sweet taste. Oh, you should actually try this one. I was gonna ask. What's the, Dude, the this? This is a prototype right here. That is a pineapple flavoring, Ooh. very heavily flavored. Not something we usually do because we're more about potency than flavoring, but we've been getting a demand for cheaper oil that has gnarlier flavoring, and I'm pretty sure you will agree it tastes... Like a hybrid between an e-liquid and... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not quite e-liquid. It's not quite oil. It's like Ooh, right there in the middle. That is tasty. It's gnarly, huh? Super tasty. Yeah. Man. So I was really impressed with this. It just kind of... And then you got the out. straight CBD as well. Yeah, so the CBD is new. Um, I just picked that up earlier this week. Nice. Um, I can't say it's straight CBD because it does have 5% THC. Okay. We're working on so the you zero. So will fail the test, the THC test. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. if somebody wanted a pure CBD product, that would not work for them. But a lot of people, to be honest, CBD products work better with THC in it. A little bit of psychoactivity. A little bit. Yeah, just to, to yeah. kind of kick everything into gear. Um, so... These are good for California, not good for selling online. I'm still working on the, the zero THC, but we just try and have a well-rounded, you know. Uh, so you're selling this stuff online in Colorado? Uh, no, I'm okay. saying we do want to make CBD products that have no THC to sell online. I see. Okay. So same okay. hardware, same packaging, same flavors, no THC. Strictly CBD. So people who are out of state, you know, we get a lot of people watching us online, Instagram and Facebook and stuff, and mm -hmm. Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida, New York. Oh, can I get this? Can I get that? Now you got to come to California. We want to be able to ship them something that's pretty damn close, but 
legal. So, okay, so my question is, and I'm sure you've gotten these videos, what do you do when you get a video from someone that's like, hey, like I'm sick as fuck. I really need help. Doesn't that just hit you right in the gut? Like, God damn, yeah, like, this person really... is just sick as hell. Can't get what they need. No access to it. You can't send it. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, tough. We do fuck, send them CBD. Man. I mean, right. I'm like, I can try. You know, we send them some of these capsules. I think these are the, oh, these are one-to-one -one capsules. So those are part CBD, part So these KC. are pills. Yeah. Cool. Those are the only edibles How many milligrams? that we do. 25, actually, those are 50 milligrams per capsule, 25 of it being THC, 25 of it being CBD. I dig it. These are cool. And what, how does it activate? How does the just it's just an edible? It's essentially an edible min, minus the brownie minus the oh yeah it's a hundred percent activated. Oh, it's activated. That's yeah, what I meant. yeah, because our, our distillate I think it even says on here. Um, well, total THC on this batch is eighty four percent, but a majority of that is THC, not THCA. Right. Yeah, so it's already activated through the extraction process. Awesome! I didn't know that. Yep. Dude, this is this is super impressive. You guys really are doing something different here. I mean, I've seen a ton of, like I said, I've been in it since 2008, so I've seen vape pens like come up. I've seen all the different ones, and the, the taste really is supreme. And this is awesome, dude. You guys are really doing something good, and the, the battery is crazy. I can see the experience that you've had with other like serious mods and taking it and putting it into something small and Shrank discreet. It down, yeah. And we're bringing out a new version that's a buttonless battery. Mm -hmm. Same size, same branding, same quality. Just no button, so it's you inhale to activate. Because some people get tripped out by the button. It's like they just can't figure it out. I don't know why. But the only buttonless they batteries. They hit the pen too many times. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, right. How the fuck? Yeah, it doesn't work. I'm right? like, click. Well, how'd you get high? Times, please. But uh, yeah, we're just gonna. Is this cherry one. Oh yeah. Cool. I'm gonna give Dude, it a that shot. That one's delicious. But yeah, we're gonna do a buttonless battery, and then that way it's it's the same exact thing. Fits in our packaging, matches our branding. But then that way, all they gotta do is inhale. So. Kind of give them a give them a choice. Cool. You can go with the button, go with the buttonless. So what are you doing for your marketing now? A lot of like besides social media posting, are you advertising on social media as well, like promoting the posts? So we basically have well, we can't promote. So Instagram is our biggest form of free marketing, um, but we can't promote posts because if we did, we would get booted. Oh yeah, so we really have to get creative with that. Figure, <laughs> figure out how to create user engagement um, organically. Uh, so we do some giveaways. We oh yeah, that one, that one will kick Sorry. you. You took a fat rip off. <laughs> that chair's a good thing. We don't have a good thing. We don't have a dab rig in here. Ooh, we are super stoned. I know. Seriously, I wouldn't surface until next week. <laughs> no, we wouldn't finish this. My interview. girlfriend, where the fuck have you been at? <laughs> it's time to get out of the office. Babe, he, he brought the rig. Next time. Next time. I could bring the rig. We're working on a portable rig. Dude, I dig it, man. You guys, like I said, you're doing something different. I like that you give them the option to refill if they want to do it. Nobody really wants to do that once they feel how sticky this shit is, though. Yeah, they might try it once or twice, and they're like, I'm just going to leave this up to honey oil. I but they can it. if they want. So, I mean, what what's the possibilities for marketing collabs like would you like to collab with other companies yes yeah like collabs that? are are definitely something we want to do um i think you know you can collab in this industry between growers between extractors 
uh, most people seem to be pretty happy to work together. You know, it's not too standoffish. I mean, there's always competition, but I think as long as you approach them in the right way and they're kind of down with your vibe and, and the deal makes sense. Yeah. And it makes sense, you know? And I mean, this is a very like in this industry, everybody pats each other on the back. You know, it's like everybody gets taken care of if I'm growing it, extracting it, distributing it, picking it up, whatever, everybody gets broken off. So I think collabs are something that we're definitely going to do. And I would love to work with some bigger companies. And I think we'll have the opportunity to do so uh, more so than some other smaller brands because our image that we portray is pretty large. You know, I get people asking me, you know, they think our company's fucking huge. Right. Like absolutely well, you, massive. You and I'm like, I'm like, you guys don't even know. Like this is a very small company right mm-hmm. now. But you got to act the part, right? So I think we could land a pretty pretty solid little collab, little partnership with someone. We've had some interest from some other companies already. And uh, I mean, it's on the horizon for sure. But that's a great way to do it. Giveaways are huge. Mm-hmm. Instagram's pretty liberal with that. Um, as long as you're following the rules of your state. Right. Apparently, you can give away tons of marijuana on Instagram, a, a Facebook platform. Right, if it's legal. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a great way to get people to follow the page. I need to do a better job of getting the people off the Instagram and onto our email list. Mm-hmm. Um, so the most important thing that you want is extracting that email address. Yeah, you want to be able to stay in touch with those people because who knows, maybe they quit Instagram. Maybe our account gets suspended and we lose all our followers. It's Damn. like we got to figure out how to get them onto an email list. I think that's the best way to do it. And that's something that we're going to do too that I don't think too many companies are doing in the cannabis industry. I mean, there's newsletters, there's updates, political stuff and whatever, but I don't see too much marketing done to consumers, you know, trying to get them to buy from cannabis companies. Mm-hmm. And of course it's difficult. You can't sell them directly in the email. You can't say click this button, go to our online store and buy all this weed or all this oil. So we're going to have to come up with some ways to drive them into the stores and get these stores to agree to work with us, maybe in some ways that they've never really done before. Mm -hmm. Um, Not all these stores have a lot of experience with different type of discounting methods or coupons and stuff like that. But, you know, I have this idea where I want to put an ad in a magazine or maybe put something out on like High Times website with a banner ad. And it's literally a $5 off coupon. Bring it into any dispensary for $5 off honey oil products. If they carry them, $5 off. You give them the coupon at the end of the month, the retailer sends it to us, we send them a check for however many $5 coupons they had. If they don't carry it, well, there's information on the back saying, honey oil is running a promotion right now, you could make a bunch of money as your business by us sending you people, so give us a call. I've never seen anybody do that. Typically, just a basic coupon. You know, something like they use in the electronics industry or furniture industry. But I think that might be a super cool and creative way for us to get into new shops. Because, Sounds like it. Yeah. Because then the shops could understand that there's demand if they don't supply it right now. Exactly. Like, oh, shit, this is the third one I've gotten this yeah. month. What's up? I'm going to call If one or two people came through, they're probably not going to pick it up. But if they get 10, 20 people coming through the door waving this ticket in the air, mm-hmm. a little coupon, they're, they're probably going to call us. So what would be some advice that you gave yourself in 2016 that you know now that maybe you didn't getting into it? Getting some, started. Some advice that I gave myself in the beginning? No, that you would. No, that I what would? You know now, yeah. Because hmm. obviously you didn't know shit getting into it. You're saying, I'm going to take this leap of faith. The only thing, is, this is funny. Uh, I would tell myself to stock inventory and package everything because mm. we were making to order in the beginning. And I guess we kind of had to due to the shoestring budget. But I started the business with the mentality that this was going to be a make to order thing. And I didn't anticipate how 
big the orders would get so quickly. And so we started losing out on sales because we didn't have the inventory on hand to sell. But admittedly, I came off the apparel industry where too much inventory was a bad thing. Right. I was staring at my profits sitting on the shelves because it's stuck in small and triple XL shirts. I can't sell that shit. Right. But in the cannabis industry, I don't think we've made a single product or a single formulation that hasn't sold the fuck out. So I entered saying, I'm going to avoid this issue I ran into before. We're going to make to order. And we were, you know, we're on a one week turnaround. Oh, we get an order on Monday. Okay. Yeah. I think we can get it to you by Friday. For some reason, people worked with us. But now it's like, now that we stack inventory and we're, it's just so much quicker. Oh, I need 500 cartridges. Okay, cool. It'll be ready in an hour. I'll have my driver out. And it's just boom, 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 boom. So I guess I would have told myself to believe in the industry, mm-hmm. believe in what I know, which is that cannabis sells and will never stop selling and just make a shitload of it. Probably would have grown faster. But, I hear it. But and, and where can everybody find you online, your company? Uh, so we have a website, honeyoil.co. Uh, you can definitely follow us on Instagram. No that's, M. What's no, that? No, no M. M. Yeah, that's okay. honeyoil.co. Perfect. Because some bastard is holding, holding on to honeyoil.com and refuses to even give me a solid price. Right. Or a response back. No, he responds. He's oh, trying to get dick. equity in the company and this, oh. that, and the other. I haven't even told him what we do. My friend, my friend, listen, yeah. listen. Yep. We'll do like this, my friend. Exactly. He's all pushy like that. And I'm just like, God damn, I'm oh. going to get this. Okay. So you got doc, honeyoil.co. They can find you there. Co, and then our, our main social media is Instagram. And mm-hmm. that's at honeyoilco. All one word, no dots, no spaces at Honey Oil Co. Cool. And you do some giveaways. You post stories and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we have the, the stories going up every day. I mean, we probably do like three to five posts a day. Good. We get a lot of compliments on our social media feed. You know, people are asking, who else doing that for you? Mm-hmm. Me. And you're actually planning the post and posting them as well? Yeah. So so one of the greatest apps I ever downloaded or ever purchased, I guess, or subscribed to, should I say, is Hopper. Are you familiar with that? Mm-mm. We so, use a lot of tools too. Yeah, this is an Instagram scheduling tool. Okay. And you can preload posts and set them to go out on a calendar by day and time. And um, you can even add your first comment. But, but, but yeah, basically that way I can sit there at night and load up 30 posts to go right. out over the next week. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's easy to create a little schedule. Okay, we want one product spotlight, one shop spotlight, one weed picture and a hot chick every so day. So you do themes. Yep. And you check mark the themes. Yeah. And does it come to your phone as a push notification or oh, is it auto? It's auto. Oh, dude. So I've only found one other company that that did that. It's called busy.io. And uh, awesome. I'm going to look that check up. Check out Hopper. Hopper. Yeah. Cool. And do they charge you like a monthly fee? 20 or, bucks a month. Perfect. Yeah, it's like nothing. Unlimited or is it different uh, scales if up? It's, if it's limited, I wouldn't know. We haven't hit it. Cool. All right. I'm pretty sure. Hopper. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a basic intermediate pro package, but we're fine. Well, shoot, man. I really, really appreciate you coming in and, and giving a breakdown and educating our listeners um, a little bit about, you know, the industry that they may not know about. And yeah, spreading the good word, man. Thank you for bringing in some samples. These are amazing. Yeah, I'll have to leave you some. Dude, please do.